Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said this morning that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said this morning that is according to your will, let it be heard, as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing obey. Amen. I don't know if you've heard, but there was an old lady who swallowed a fly. I don't know why she swallowed a fly. Perhaps she'll die. There was an old lady who swallowed a spider that wriggled and jiggled and tickled inside her. She swallowed a spider to catch the fly. I don't know why she swallowed a fly. Perhaps she'll die. There was an old lady who swallowed a bird. How absurd to swallow a bird. She swallowed the bird to catch the spider that wriggled and jiggled and tickled inside her. She swallowed the spider to catch the fly. I don't know why she swallowed a fly. Perhaps she'll die. And on and on she goes, swallowing all manner of cat, dog, goat, and cow until she ultimately swallows a horse and becomes dead, of course. We laugh at her, or maybe we cringe, but she's teaching what all of us come to learn about healing, healing our body, our mind, our soul, our community, our nation, and our world. When it comes to healing, there is no such thing as a quick fix. There's nothing to swallow, literally or figuratively. No project to be completed. No legislation to be won. No vote to be cast that will make us well once and for all. There's no quick fix, there just isn't. And in fact, when we count on the quick fix to establish our way back to well-being, like the old lady, it usually ends up costing us way more than we counted on. It reminds me of Columbia House. Do you remember Columbia House? They advertised in that small TV guide magazine. It was a program for a CD subscription. For the kids out there, CDs or compact discs were what we used to store our music. Kind of like a fancy record. And new ones cost about $15 or $20 each. Columbia House, though, offered 10 brand new CDs for a penny if you signed up for their subscription to receive and pay for a full price CD every month. Now this was a quick fix way to establish a brand new library of LL Cool J and Guns N' Roses and maybe even George Jones hits. A quick fix way, that is, until 
the Linda Ronstadt CD that you never wanted shows up the following month and they want $17.99 for it. And so for anyone who needs to find healing in their own lives or wants to bring healing into someone else's life, Take it from the old lady who swallowed a fly and every Gen Xer who bought into Columbia House. The quick fix is going to end up costing us a lot more than we thought. Healing doesn't happen all at once, which is why Marianne Rodmacher was right when she said, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is the quiet voice at the end of the day saying, I will try again tomorrow. Sometimes we get impatient with the way we want God to heal us and with the ways that we are contributing to God's healing in the world. We can't get it all the way fixed right now inside of us and outside of us. And if we can't, we're not sure we want to try to fix it at all. But ours is a long and great tradition of trying again tomorrow. In Genesis 15, God invites Abraham to look out and see the stars. He says, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Now that doesn't happen overnight. Doesn't even happen because Abraham swallowed anything. But over and over again, throughout his life, Abraham steps out in faith, even though he never gets to see the end of that promise. And the same thing happens for Moses. Moses, who meets God at the burning bush and helps the people to cross the Red Sea, strode up Sinai to receive the commandments, hustled the people through the wilderness, he up and dies before the community steps foot into the promised land. There was no quick fix for Moses. Which is why today's passage is so important, because as part of his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says to all who had ears to hear, mostly people in that time and place who had lost all hope for anything being fixed because of or through them, to them he said, you are the salt of the earth. You are salt. Now to those in the ancient world, a world without refrigeration, this meant that you're part of what preserves things. You're part of what keeps things from going bad. Things spoil and go rotten without you. To all of you, he says, you are the salt of the earth. We are salt. Like with Abraham, like with Moses, 
we might only be a part of something, something beautiful that is to come, some way that things are being made well in the world that we never get to see. Because when it comes to healing, there are no quick fixes, but you are salt. Preserving things so that there is some chance at wellness. Preserving one small amount of hope. Preserving some small step toward the good. Preserving some small sign of healing so that, so that others might have what it takes to get up and try again tomorrow. There is something in what poet William Carlos Williams wrote. He said, so much depends upon a red wheelbarrow glazed with rainwater beside the white chickens. He wants us, he wants the farmer to notice it there. This important, beautiful thing, this wheelbarrow that so often gets overlooked. That is what Jesus is saying too. You are so important. People, like with that wheelbarrow, might not even notice you. People might never read your name in the history books or, or talk about your great and wondrous legacy, but you are salt. You're here to preserve something so that healing can one day take place like that ordinary and overlooked red wheelbarrow, so much depends on you. There's this documentary series called Lenox Hill, which features four doctors working in a hospital in Lenox Hill, New York. One of them, John Bookbar, does amazing work with patients suffering from a brain cancer called glioblastoma. One patient, Chris, has his surgery chronicled in the show. Bookbar leaves the operating room and goes to the family. He says, everything went perfectly. We're not quite done. I just wanted to step out and talk to you real quick. His wife and her father slap on hopeful smiles. Okay. It was all tumor, he said, and they gasp and they cry at the same time. He says, I know I'm surprised too. It was a massive regrowth of tumor. It was the size of a lemon, but I, I took it all out and her hand is on her chest. She says it was the size of a lemon in two months. And he scratches his head and he said, this is what happens. Look, I don't know what it's gonna look like genetically. So I, I think what we have to do is wait a little bit she breaks down and he hugs her and he says, I know it's hard. John Bookbar knows that there's no quick fix, that the healing of glioblastomas is not gonna happen for Chris. He dies, but only after outliving his initial prognosis by three years, and the cure for glioblastoma is not even going to happen in Bookbar's lifetime, but he's, he is salt. 
He's preserving the hope that one day healing is going to happen. And it is going to happen where you need it. It is going to happen where our communities need it. But we have to be the salt that Jesus tells us we are, ordinary and overlooked, but salt, preserving the good story of redemption and healing in some tomorrow, handed off to us by Abraham and Moses, Joshua and Ruth, Isaiah, Mary, and Jesus himself. I read a tweet by a church leader. He said, one cure for my cynicism is to attend a blank meeting. And I won't tell you what was in the blank. Maybe it was deacons or trustees or session. That was one cure for his cynicism. Could that be said of our boards and their meetings? Maybe it was a small group meeting or a Bible study meeting. Could that be said of our formation meetings? Are they a cure for cynicism? Maybe it was a meeting helping at the local elementary school or with someone who is homeless or with people who are sick. Could that be said of our acts of service? Are we salt preserving enough hope for healing that the spoil of cynicism is kept at bay? There was an old church that committed to prayer. Did anyone care they committed to prayer? Perhaps they'll thrive. There was an old church that started to serve. What kind of nerve those people that started to serve? They started to serve when they committed to prayer. Did anyone care they committed to prayer? Perhaps they'll thrive. There was an old church that wanted to know. They wanted to know what Jesus had shown. They wanted to know when they started to serve. They started to serve when they committed to prayer. Did anyone care they committed to prayer? Perhaps they'll thrive. There was an old church that yearned to be salt. The world needed salt to preserve what Christ taught. They yearned to be salt because they wanted to know. They wanted to know because of how they started to serve. They started to serve when they committed to prayer. Did anyone care that they committed to prayer? Perhaps they'll thrive. Perhaps. When we look back on it all, we will realize that the quick fix was never the answer. That was always going to cost more than we thought it would. Jesus on the cross should have taught us that. But through the saltiness of this church, through the goodness that is preserved here, there will be more thriving someday. More will be made well than we can ever imagine right now. And all God's people said, Amen.